right, all right, all right. Welcome back. If you're a veteran and you're struggling or feel like you are leading a path towards the darkness, stop and think about those who are around you. Think about how they truly value you, how they will miss you. You are not alone. You need to talk to someone. Someone will listen to you. If you feel like you'll be a burden to someone or you don't feel like you should weigh that, put that weight on your inner circle, call the hotline at 988 and take option one. Don't make a permanent solution to a temporary problem. If you're a new listener, thanks for joining us. Please subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast apps. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel at the underscore Misfit Nation. It's the underscore Misfit Nation. This will keep you up to date with our latest news, episodes, and of course, our great guests. Speaking of which, our next guest is alternative alternative investment blogger, educator, speaker, and author of Get Off Your Ass and Manage Your Money, Why You Need Alternative Investments. Through his blog at theprolificinvestor.net and book, he will show you investors why alternatives are vastly superior to the stock market and to the 401k highway to mediocrity. So without further ado, let's welcome Chris Odegaard to the Misfit Nation. Welcome, Chris. Hey, Rich. How are you? Glad to be here. Thanks a lot, man. It's great to have you. Great to, like we talked in the pre-show, it's great to finally get this thing going. I know we had a speed bump, but that life happens and uh, we're both here today and we're both doing well. So, Chris, if you don't mind, uh, I know I just gave a quick blurb. That's That's your highlight reel that I just gave right there. Let's tell, talk a little bit about it, as far back as you want to go to where we are now. Let's tell, learn a little bit more about Chris. Yeah, well, I um, I grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio. Went to school in uh, Daytona Beach, Florida, a place called Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University. And then I lived out in the West Coast for Seattle for a long time. And I'm currently in uh, near Charleston, South Carolina. But, you know, I grew up... Uh, if anybody's ever read the, the cash flow quadrant by Robert Kiyosaki, he talks about ease. I grew up with a family of ease. That's employees. You know, that's I, I there, there was no there was no business, there was no entrepreneurship, anything like that. I was just so I kind of learned what my parents uh, and everybody around me knew and what they did was to, you know, go to school and get a job with benefits and work there and then, you know, until you retired and then that was it. And you know, put your money Put all your hard-earned money into a, into the company 401k for, uh, you know, and you're basically just investing in the stock market. And that's what I did for quite a lot of years. I was what what I like to call a conventional investor, and you know it. And I you mentioned that I call it the 401k highway to mediocrity because if you're investing that way in publicly traded things through a 401k, you you really do get mediocre results. But that's what everybody know. That's what everybody knows, and that's what they do, and. Uh, that all changed for me when I had a huge illiquidity event in my mid 40s where I lost 55% of my assets and thousands of dollars a month in cash flow. My situation had to be caused by a divorce, but you know, it could be lots of different things. And uh, uh, just by uh, you know, coincidence, a friend, of, a friend of mine recommended a book to me, and it was Roger, Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And that's where I learned about all the, uh, the rest of the market which is everything that's not publicly traded, not on the stock market. And those are called alternative investments. So I switched pretty quickly from and from conventional to alternatives. And in nine years, I made up that 55% loss, multiplied it many times over, quit my corporate job and 
I'll never work again in, in a traditional, you know, uh, for, for in a job anymore. So uh, anyway, that would have not happened if I'd stayed on that 401k highway to mediocrity. So I'm all about sharing that information and try to get people, you know, you hopefully you get some young people who never get on that highway, or if you're already on it, get off it at the nearest exit and start doing something different and smarter with your money so that someday, you know, uh, you can make uh, work a choice instead of a necessity. So that's kind of, that's kind of my story. Right. And uh, that's, I mean, it's a good story right there. And uh, you had a pretty good speed bump in, in your late in life uh, there in the forties there. So that's a, a hard time to get that speed bump. Because by that time you thought you had that little nest egg, I'm sure doing yeah. the comfortable investing that most of us understand and learned, learned to, from our parents and their parents to do everything the comfortable way. Don't, don't go outside those lines and do yeah. the 401k, have that nine to five job and invest in this and have uh, insurance. So he has that backup on you. And I think that's uh, the conventional wisdom, I think, is the, the, the word for it there, that yep. people stay with that conventional wisdom. And like you said, it does lead to that uh, highway to mediocrity. How do you uh, coach people to maybe hit the pump the brakes, and maybe turn left? Yeah, well, it's all it's all about the stuff I put on my website. You know, I write articles, I do videos. And like you mentioned, I wrote the book and uh you know, uh, it was, I guess I published last year and I thought, wow, you know, I made so many wrong turns on this journey, you know, one step forward, three steps back, you know, if I could, if I could put that all in a, in a, in a book, maybe I could, you know, give pe people a more efficient path with a lot less mistakes. So um, that's what I lay out in the book. And there's an action guide you can download from there. But yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, it's just a lot of, um, you know, it's like, it's like when it's like the first I think it was Galileo who first said the world was round. Well, everybody knew the world was flat. So he was crazy. Right. So, you know, when some guy like me says, says you know, your the 401k sucks, nobody believes you. Right. Because you're just like this lone voice out there that's starting to change, though. Um, so I just try to put out as much information as I can, um, you know, about why why alternatives are, are, are better. And do you think a combination of doing both would help you, would even help or, or just sticking with one or the other? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm like 95% in alternatives and very little in the stock market, but that's just me. And, and most people probably aren't going to do that. But, you know, for example, the, uh, the average annual return of the S&P 500 since its inception is somewhere like just like nine, it's right around 10, let's just call it 10%. And, and that's before taxes and inflation. And in the environment we are now, where real inflation is actually above 10%, your, your money invested that way isn't even maintaining its uh, buying power. You're, you know, you're, you know, you're losing money if you're only making 10% when inflation is, uh, real inflation is higher than that. And for me in the alternative space, I mean, I routinely get average returns of 25% and higher, which means that every, you know, with that, with those kind of numbers, about every four years, you're doubling your money. So think how different people's uh, futures would be if, you know, they were doubling their money, you know, every four years instead of, you know, every 17 or 20 years or whatever. Right. Definitely. They'd be a lot happier and a lot happier <laughs> headspace and timing at that point, too. Yeah. You've talked about alternative investments, and you you brought up the Standard and Poor's, which is actual is the conventional side. What are alternate alternative investments? How do people get into them? Yeah, so everything that's not publicly traded, everything outside the stock market. So that would be you know every type of real estate from single family rentals, apartments, um, you know self storage, shopping centers, uh, uh, something called notes like promissory notes. So you know people that own a house usually don't buy it with cash; they they get a bank loan. Well. Uh, you know, 
individuals could actually, you know, that the that loan is an asset to the bank and it's a liability to you as the borrower. Well, those loans get sold off, and you know, I have uh, invested in notes and owning, you know, owning owning mortgages like that. So people are paying me every month for thirty years, and instead of the bank. So that's something uh, you can do. Precious metals, cryptocurrency. Um, Business equipment. You know, I own ATM ATM machines across the country, and they just pr produce cash. So, uh, um, so then even actually, actually over uh, a properly structured, uh, overfunded cash value life insurance is a really positive, uh, positive investment. How does one get in? Uh, get into that? Do they just have to research and do it, or? Yeah. Um, so. I would, you know, there's there's a couple ways. Uh, it it requires a it requires a lot more education than you know just just you know you know you get a job and they automatically opt you into the 401k and they take a certain percentage and it goes into these set funds. So that 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 just doesn't exist in this world. So you need to read books like mine and Rich Dad Poor Dad. You need to start getting on some different podcasts like yours and other ones, and you need to join some type of a group of like-minded people and my favorite group and i don't get any um um you know any compensation or anything for saying this is a, a group called left field investors and left field investors is all about you know generating passive income through alternatives and so you really have to just kind of immerse yourself somehow in this in this other world and the podcast and left field investors and my site is is kind of how you get started Wow, and I, I think uh, if you get like in uh, left field investors and read your book and uh, the rich dad, rich dad, poor dad, I think I had that book right here on my my shelf over here, or at least one of his books, because I think he had like a series of different books he put out at all within a couple of years of each other. And uh, I think when I was getting out of the military, those were the things that they were suggesting to read as I got out. I said I could use yeah. this while I was in, so it would would have helped a lot more as I get out. Yeah, right. Yeah, this is a lot of good information in there. How is your book doing right now? And you said it's been out for a year, and I'm sure. Yeah, I, I I like to call it. You know, unless you're uh, J.K. Rawlings, I don't think most authors get rich writing their books. So I like to. I could say I could. It's a it's a it's a it's a marathon, not a sprint. So it's a yes. it's kind of a, a slow and steady uh, selling process. So it's doing okay. Yeah, I, I like you said J.K. Rowling or Stephen King. This doesn't work, yeah. Mr. Patterson. There, you can't just come out there and. Uh, all of a sudden, you have a bestseller on New York Times top ten bestseller list, and generating yeah. thousands of dollars a week off one book. For yeah, us little right. guys, it's a, a hit. You get you reach one, teach one. That's what my <laughs> book's for. That's what your book is for. So, you yeah. reach one, teach one, and then word of mouth helps it go along the way. Yeah. So, I know that helps you, know, you out. It, 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 you know, it, the book's a good place to start uh, because it's, it's you know just around two hundred pages. I mean, you could read this and this book in two or three hours. It's got color pictures and graphs, and I basically walk people. Uh, you know, through uh, something I call the hierarchy of investors, which which shows, you know, it compares conventional and alternative investments across 13 different categories and alternatives are better in 11 of the 13, you know, return on investment, uh, favorable tax treatment, the ability to use leverage, you know, uh, it's they're just better in so in almost every way. So. Uh, it's really just that people don't really know about it and people tend to be scared about things that they don't know and don't understand. Uh, so that's kind of, 
That's how we, that's how, but I, it is, it is changing. People are walking, watching the economic cycles that we go through and how the government is screwing with the market and the, in the economy and, and usually not in a good way. And just watching these stock portfolios just go through these wild swings and sometimes, and a lot of times completely to, you know, uh, disconnected from what's going on in the real economy, you know? So, yeah. you know, stocks were going up all during, you know, during COVID. Like, why, you know? And so. then crash and burn. <laughs> yeah, right, right. It's up to you at that point. Do you want to ride the course or you want to jump out at a loss? So it, it's how you want to do it at that point. And most people, yeah. uh, most of the lot, I know a lot of people have stayed the course, but I also know some people that got angry when it uh, did the dip and uh, yeah. they jumped out at a loss. And I said, uh, that's not really smart, but. Uh, have at it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and you know, when I was saying that the uh, the S and P five hundred, you know, gets about ten percent uh, annually. Uh, studies have been done about how much, what kind of returns the average stock market investor gets, and the average stock market uh, stock investor gets about half of the half of the the S and P five hundred index average. They get about five percent, and it's because we're people. You know, you they people buy and sell at the wrong time, and they get in and they get out, and they're inconsistent. And so, you know, you know most people are, are uh, you know, getting a very low return. And and I know, I and every time I tell somebody this, they say, "Well, I'm getting X return over here." Okay, well, by the nature of the term average, there's a whole bunch of you that are not getting these great returns in the stock market, right? <laughs> so anyway. That's why there's an average Joe's gymnasium in there. So <laughs> there's always the average, and then there's the above average guys and gals who are, you know, educated and know the ebbs and flows before the guy that's looking on his computer doing a whatever trade a trade center app they're working on there to try yeah. to jump in and make money. Mm -hmm. So when you got into uh, the alternative market for like the promissory notes, do you have to have like a LLC behind you to do that? Or you can do it just as uh, individual and say, I'm going to, I want to just invest my money and take and buy this mortgage. Uh, I, generally you can do it either way. You can do it as an individual or you can do it, you know, you know, with an LLC. Um, so if you're, you know, the, the, the government and the IRS in particular rewards businesses with great tax treatment. You know, if, if you're an, ind you know, if you're an employee, you pay taxes on your gross income. Think about it. Your employer, your employer pays you. The government takes its taxes first, and and then you're left with you get to live on what's what's left over. Right. The way business, businesses get taxed on their net income, you take your gross revenue, you subtract all your expenses, and then you pay taxes on the net. So I do all my investing through a business structure. So I get. The, the, that same tax treatment. Um, you know, if you're just investing in things through your personal name, uh, you get a, there's a you get a, a small number of deductions, but not like a business. You know, so any anytime I travel or, or you know pick up a book or an education program, if it's related to you know researching my investments, you know that's a tax deductible thing. You know. So, you know, going out to, uh, you know, a convention in Las Vegas in July that's related to investing. Guess what? That's a, that's a business expense. And it just so happens my daughter lives out there. And, you know, and I mean, and, you know, it, <laughs> part of the trip is personal. It's personal. You, part of its business, you get to deduct, you know, whichever part of it's uh, business related. So, uh, but, you know, you wouldn't, if you're investing in the stock market in your own name and, you know, you flew to, you know, the corporate headquarters of some company to take a tour of the plant or whatever, you're not going to get to write that off on your tax return as an individual. Exactly. 
So, and even like you doing this podcast right here, you can probably write this off as a business expense because you're marketing yourself at this point. Yeah, any expenses, this type of stuff. I I can't really, you know, you don't, uh, you know, I can't charge for my time, you know, in a situation right. like this. Yeah, but any of the equipment or you know this kind of stuff and the lighting, you know, that's all. Those are those are all business expenses. Yes, I just had when when you said the promissory note thing, I was like, I was like that's probably a good investment. I can do that. But if I I had a backing of the LLC behind me, it'd be a lot easier. And you answered my question, so that that was actually a me question. That was good. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the other thing is, um, you know, um, and it depends on you know they. This is kind of like attorney talk. There's like safe assets and dangerous assets. So, um, you know. Um, uh, a promissory note isn't really it's, it's kind of a safe asset. There's not really much risk there. But if you if you own a small apartment building and you have you know you're renting it to the public, um, you you would I would say you wouldn't want to do that in your personal name. Somebody falls down the steps and gets injured or dies or there's a fire and 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 now and if your name is on that deed, they're gonna they're gonna sue you. Uh, and that, you know, that's, uh, you know, the other, so the tax treatment and the asset protection are the two reasons for setting up a business structure so that, uh, you know, you, you don't lose everything in, in a situation like that. So you said that the promissory note is not uh, really a risky investment. What would you consider a risky investment besides the landlord stuff? Uh, um, well, you know, uh, so uh, so any type of real estate where you have exposure to tenants. Uh, like if you, let's say if you have, maybe you owned a fleet of, uh, you know, uh, backhoes that you, that you leased out, you know, you know, there's there, you know, some guy could dig up a power line and shut down a neighborhood or, you know, you so, you like it yourself. Yeah. Like yourself yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess, yeah, that'd be a high risk right there. Yeah. Yeah. So there's always a good and bad and you just got to, once you yeah. start, I'm sure it took you a couple a couple swings to find your groove and find the ones that work well for you. Right. And uh, within that group, the left field investors, I'm sure you've right. met other guys and gals that have uh, started out and they, they showed that what they've done wrong and how right. they've overcome that. Any of those tips and tricks you can show? Yeah. Well, and that's I'll decide that you know that's the benefit of, of groups like Left Field and other ones is you know in, in this particular case they have forums. So if, if you if you if you want to say hey what what do you know about this apartment syndicator or the guys that put together these ATM deals if there's not a subject on that you know that business already you can go and start one and 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 basically it's the best way to figure out who you're going to be in business with and invest with is just from referrals from other people that have experience so that's the benefit of of those types of groups but then there was sorry there was a question in there that i kind of uh, you were asking oh uh, i i forget now i, I was listening to what you're saying i forgot my question actually was <laughs> All right, we'll, get back to that. <laughs> well and getting back to the liability thing so yes. see, let's let's just say you let's say you owned an apartment building a small apartment building and nothing happened in the apartment building right but it's you know it's it's owned by you and your name and you have a car accident over here completely unrelated well when they go to sue you they're going to look at everything you own they're going to go oh Look at this. Uh, Rich owns this apartment building, so we're not only going to get his personal residence, we're going to have his car and his truck. We're going to go after that apartment building. But if that apartment building is in its own its own uh, its own entity, then you know it protects you from inside liability from within that asset, as well as some other outside liabilities. So somebody can't come and take that. Right. I remember the question now. Uh, like tips and tricks that they've given you on the left field investors. Uh, like what to stay away from when you're starting out or maybe what 
what to jump right on when you're starting out? Well, it's a, it's a real it's 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 uh, I guess there isn't anything that 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 generic in terms of rules or, or advice because there isn't like a you know a target retirement fund you know of of, of alternative investments and it really depends on every individual what your risk tolerance is and I, I actually did notes for a while and i decided after a while i'm never doing notes again i had some bad experiences they were very difficult and very time consuming for me in terms of the return i was getting and the amount of time it was taking me uh you know so some of these things uh they're not like uh you know a stock or mutual fund where you put your money in and sometimes there's a work like if you have a property and you're managing it um, so I was buying uh, what's called non-performing notes. So this is where somebody had had defaulted on their mortgage. And then my job was to go, you know, I would buy these notes at a discount. And then I would contact the homeowner and say, hey, look, how can we get you, how can we get you paying again on some schedule so that you can stay in your house and I don't have to take it. <laughs> and and that, that was a lot of work. <laughs> I'm sure you, sure you had a lot of uh, fun conversations with that one too. Yep. <laughs> Since Absolutely. you were a totally unknown entity to them at that point, and because uh, they're used sure. to whoever they dealt with before, uh, ABC Mortgage Company, and then uh, now they're talking to Chris on the phone. And, uh, right. It's probably a, a weird uh, cold call to do right there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and even to get them to answer, you know, <laughs> the call sometimes. Yeah, especially so. nowadays, you don't know what's a scam, so I'm not answering that guy. This is probably someone trying to get me to give money to a Nigerian prince or something. There's <laughs> exactly. no way I'm no way I'm answering that that call. Yeah. So if you could have talked to yourself, say, 25-year-old you, what would you have told yourself then with the in information you have now? Oh, my gosh. I remember I remember when I started my first, you know, corporate job and, and uh, you know, the company, they had this, this, this branded 401k and I, I didn't know what that thing was. I'd never heard of a 401k and I asked somebody who I, who I trusted, you know, what do you think about that? And his answer was, put everything, put as much money in that 401k as they will let you. And that's what I did for decades. And uh, knowing what I know now, uh, you know, I wouldn't put a, you know, I wouldn't put a dime in the typical pre-tax uh, 401k. I think there's a, there's, there, there's some room for a Roth in my, in my thinking. Um, but you know, the big, the big selling point on the 401ks is the, the match from the company and the tax benefits. So I have an article on on this on my website where I've compared what's a better and you know what's a better investment you know let's say a twenty thousand uh, dollar investment in mutual funds in your four hundred one k or a twenty thousand dollar investment in a single family rental in the form of a down payment so, you know so you in the four hundred one k you're going to put twenty thousand then you're going to get twenty thousand dollars worth of mutual funds if and if you take the twenty thousand and put it as a down payment. You're going to get a hundred thousand dollar property, and the single family rental also has something similar to company match, and it also has tax benefits, and they're better. So the the match is that every month for the next thirty six years, somebody else is paying off your mortgage. That's that's free money to you, and in the four hundred one k, you get it one time when you make it. You know, you get this for the next you know however many years, and then the other thing is. Uh, the tax benefits. Real estate comes with something called depreciation. So you get a tax benefit for the next 26 and a half years. And when you compare the value of the company match and the taxes in the 401k versus the benefit of the other people's money in the form of rent, 
and depreciation in the single family rental, those benefits are almost three times greater than the 401k. So it doesn't even stand up on its two big selling points. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You kind of knock it out the park right there. So yeah, I'm sure uh, as people learn this, it's probably way better to learn it early, but even if you learn it late, you can still jump in and, and salvage some as you uh, get closer towards your retirement. Age. Yeah. Well, you know, I didn't start until my mid forties and, right. and, and started, started from a deficit, you know, and, uh, and I was able to, to, to come back. And uh, so, yeah, um, that would, and, and think of, you know, instead of, uh, you know, this, I mean, what if, uh, and I've heard people, you know, talk about this, you know, it's God, you know, if you, if you're, if you, uh, if you only buy a house for yourself or you're to live in, you're just kind of greedy. Every year, why don't you just buy a house and let somebody else live in it? And it's in the form of a rental property. And you're going to be you're going to be way wealthier at the end of your working life by buying a house for somebody else to live in every every couple of years. And just being so selfish is buying one just for yourself, right? <laughs> <Just> staying there. <laughs> exactly. Yes. So, Chris, we talked about a lot of things about alternative investments and how you started and the way you uh, have invested so far. If you can give three tips to the audience, uh, one, how to get started, uh, two, best av avenues of approach, and then three, how to maintain it. Um, so the first the first thing is you have to you have to get a you have to change your mindset. And that's going to take that's going to take some, you know, I'll, you know, go onto my website, grab my book and let that be your starting place you and take a look at the website. I've got resources, the podcasts I listen to. The books that I have read. So, so that's the first thing is to start changing what goes into your mind in that way. And then the next thing is to you're going to have to join somehow. You're going to have to be involved with other groups of people. And in every major city in the United States, there's a real estate investment association, a real estate investing club. And so if you just if you just go on to Google and type in REIA real estate investing association or real estate investing clubs there is there is a national website and i don't remember what it is but you'll be able to find some clubs in your city or you look at something like left field investors which you can join virtually from anywhere in the country and the way you and and you know they have monthly meetings via zoom and so that's how you kind of keep on top of things uh you'll you'll see deals that are that are being offered by people and uh, and and you'd be able to ask questions about all the different aspects of you know taxes and entity structure and, and all that kind of stuff. So hopefully that hit on your three specific <laughs> things there. I, I think it, 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 uh, you hit the hit the ball with the the bat right there. That was pretty good. You talked about your website. But you didn't say what your website was. If you want to tell people how to get in contact with you and your website, yeah. of course, I, I have yeah. it going across the screen. But you can uh, yeah. at least put it out. Yeah, it's uh, everything about me is at the prolificinvestor.net. So the book, there's a link to the book there. I have a, a, quiz, a conventional wisdom quiz that people can take. All the articles, the resources, the videos, and all the social media outlets. If you want to follow me on any of them, they're they're all right there at the prolificinvestor.net. So that's the one-stop shop for everything. Awesome, Chris. Uh, thanks for taking some of your time tonight and to hang out with Misfit Nation and share a, a lot of great information. Uh, Misfit Nation, don't forget to check out Chris's website, theprolificinvestor.net. And of course, go, uh, I guess, Amazon to get your book, get get off your ass and manage your money. Yeah, there's a, then you can link to it. It's right on the, right on the homepage. You can link to it awesome. there as well. So it'll, it'll take you right there. 
that makes it even easier. One-stop shop right off the website. Get there, get his book, and uh, start your alternative journey to financial freedom. Thanks again, Chris, for coming on. Thanks for having me, Rich. Really appreciate it. Thanks for checking us out and being a part of the Misfit Nation. Don't forget to visit our website at themisfitnation.com. It's themisfitnation.com to catch up on all of our episodes and also to get some of that great Misfit Nation gear. As always, be humble, stay hungry, and keep hustling because we are 